Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ayers on the Road. Richard and Linda Ayer here. We're uh, casting today from Park City, Utah, where we've had quite a week, quite a frightening week. Quite a scary week. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Crazy week. Some of you probably have seen the news about the Parley's Canyon fire. Well, just imagine us looking right up at it from our balcony, <laughs> from our porch, from our deck. Wow, that was so wild. We um, we ha- were evacuated <laughs> in the end. We, we watched it for a little while. I was... Uh, down at Kimball Junction, and um, we watched it, and I thought, wow, that looks like a fire coming over, and then Richard called me, and then people were talking about it in the aisles of the grocery store, and and they said, we might be evacuated, so I thought, I better just go home, so I went home, and we watched it for a while, and somebody knocked on our door and said, evacuate immediately, and then our our neighbor... I'll tell you, that's an experience everyone should have at some point. I mean, you've, you, we've all heard the classic story of the fire, you're, and you're running around your house, you're trying to figure out what really matters. What really matters? What should I grab? I've only got a minute. What I can only take a few things. i just got to throw them in the car and, and leave. What should I take? And uh, that's a, in hindsight, that's a really powerful experience. Yeah, it is. Because you're thinking, what matters to me and what doesn't, you know? And it, A lot of things run through your mind. I mean, the my violin was sitting right by the door. I grabbed that. I got my viola. I thought, I thought well, let's see. Okay, um, my computer, obviously. The computer, the phone, all the cords, all the things so that you can have access when you're away from your home. But you're thinking of pictures, family pictures. But I'm thinking of pictures. Family records. and Well, a lot of pictures are on my computer. You know, I have lots of them stored here and there. But um, Well, that's the difference today is that, you know, if it was in another era... You'd have records that were irreplaceable, but now most of those are electronic. So you, you, in my mind, I'm like, okay, there are a lot of records in the office. Uh, there are a lot of pictures that I probably can't replace. Do I grab those? And what's valuable? Do I need to take certain things just in, I don't want them to, to lose them because they, they, I can't afford to lose them. And, and you, you know, your whole mind goes through all this question of, you suddenly realize how much you have in your home that you love. Little things, you know, things right. that that have meaning, and you you wonder if you should grab them and take them with you, and so on. And I don't know. I, did you? We, we finally just got evacuated, and 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 we didn't know. <laughs> I wish you could have been with us, actually, because there was some confusion about the evacuation. Half an hour later. The same guy came back and said, oh, it's just a voluntary. It's, for right now, it's a voluntary <laughs> evacuation, but everyone was leaving. And, and we're, our house is in an interesting place in Park City because we, we look up and we see a ridge. We see a mountain with a kind of a saddle uh, of a ridge that goes between one, one quite, would you call it a foothill or a mountain? I guess it's, it's, a, it's a small mountain. And we could see yeah, the smoke just billowing up from behind it, just billowing up from behind this ridge. 
and we could feel the wind blowing west to east up the canyon. And, and there we are up the canyon watching this ridge to our west with this huge plume of smoke coming over and knowing it's coming closer and closer. And, and I was, I kept thinking, when are we going to see the flames? You know, because they're only hidden just by this ridge. What do we do next? And it just kept coming and kept coming. And the, the billowing plume of smoke kept getting bigger and bigger. And then we started seeing these amazing airplanes, Linda. Wow, it was incredible. Um, it was the kind that uh, huge, huge, huge airplanes like DC-10s coming by and dropping this huge amount of red, brilliant red stuff on the fire retardant. The fire. Just right on this ridge. They just kept flying along the ridge, along the ridge, over and over and over, dropping, dropping this fire retardant. And that's what ended up saving probably our house and a whole lot of other houses, 6,000 houses. Once you get over the ridge, you're in a place called Summit Park, and all these houses are built right in the trees, right up in the trees amongst these big trees. And if any of you saw close-up pictures of the fire, they, they were just exploding, these big 50 to 100 to 150-foot high fir trees and, and spruce trees just exploding from the bottom up like a torch. And uh, if it had gotten over that ridge, it would have gotten into all those houses. Well, we are looking at the ridge right now, and it does look like just a mountain full of trees, but it's actually full of houses. Full of houses. It's just, they're all on the mountainside. So it was really scary for them. So make a long story short, we evacuated, and we went down to our condo in Salt Lake City. And, and luckily we had a place to go. Yeah. A lot of people didn't. They provided places at Park City High School. Um, I mean... Uh, gym, <laughs> we can yeah, go and sleep. Well, I guess go and sleep. so many people. Kindness just comes out in situations like that. There were stacks of pizza and water and you know everything people would need if they didn't have the place to go. Which is just it's just heartwarming. I mean, there's a point to be made here, and we're we're trying to getting to it about priorities and what matters most and what's really important in life and so on. But if you're interested in the actual fire and what it looked like from our from our deck. Uh, take a look on our Instagram page, Richard Linda Iyer, all strung together. And there's some pictures there that are a little scary to look back at. And they're also kind of beautiful in a way. This, this plume of smoke was spectacular and it was, the sun was behind it and was lighting and it was like this golden plume of smoke going up. And then these airplanes going by in that golden smoke, dropping this bright red retardant yeah, it's, down it's on really the fire. Amazing, and the thing is that really, it, what happened was that many people were praying about this, and I, God sent rain. I mean, it was amazing. Finally, after three or four days, it just started raining, and then it rained and rained and rained. So. This whole valley has been full of smoke, all the Intermountain West because of all the fires. But especially here, you could just cut. You couldn't even see past the car in the driveway. There was so much smoke and fog, and it just has been raining, raining, raining. Yeah, that's the amazing thing is that uh, Tuesday, we were evacuated on Friday, and then Tuesday was an interesting day. Uh, on, on Monday, they were saying, you know, the, you're going to be evacuated at least until Thursday. And the reason is because on Tuesday, 
there is a red flag alert, which is high wind. Uh, they were pro- projecting gusts up to 50 miles an hour. And these poor firefighters who had just barely got a perimeter established on the, on the edge of this fire where it was going to come over the ridge, it looked like the winds were going to come and kick that up again and start blowing it and, and, and you restart the fire all over the place. But what happened, maybe through the prayers of a lot of people, because there were a lot of people evacuated, a lot of people praying, um, the wind never came. The rain just came. And it was a, it, I, it's one of the biggest storms we've ever had here. It rained for three days, four days, without stopping. It was absolutely amazing. Anyway, that got over. So the, so the thing we wanted to start out with today is, uh, and we're going to kind of, there's a kind of joy. We're going to talk about joy on several levels here as quickly as we can because we've got a lot of thoughts in our minds. But there is a lot of joy in sort of realizing what really does matter. And when we were gone and everyone was evacuated, we started thinking about, did we leave something we should have taken with us just in case? But the overwhelming thought, don't you feel, Linda, was what really matters is we're safe. What really matters is people. What really matters is lives. What really matters is not things. No matter how important you think those things are to you, they're they're minimal in their importance. What matters is is you. What matters is humans and and saving people. And maybe second on the list would be pets because there were sure a lot of people around here making right. sure they found their pets and got them out of here. Right, and boats <laughs> and boats. Yeah. Um, I do think. I mean, not to belabor this, but I think different people have different things, and I really feel that <clears throat> I um, am not as attached to things as you are. I mean, I thought... I, I could, do you think I I'm really attached that. to things? I could live with that. Yes, you are definitely attached to things. But I, really, I, you know, do you I think could live in a without bad a way? lot of this stuff, and I would be fine. Well, yeah. Anyway, that's another show. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is I was almost more worried about some of the little things that, that have meaning, like something that a child had made or given to me or... The, than the, than the oh, whole yeah. house. All those letters know? from the grandchildren the, the that I have in the and, files. Yeah, and the, and the little things that they'd made the, in, in their cra- <laughs> in their craft. I, I never thought <laughs> that for a minute. That is hilarious. No, I'm I really, think we could live without those. But uh, anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so you know, let's start off with that. That and, You know, you remember, that? here's a weird one. You remember there's an old Marty Robbins song. <laughs> To really live, you must almost die, and it happened just that way to me. Oh. <laughs> to really, you, to really live, you must almost die. That's a, but but to really appreciate something, yeah, you must almost lose it, right? Yeah. And when you think you are going to lose it or might lose it, then you, for a little while at least, you really, and it's that way with so many things. I mean, when you're. When you get sick, don't you sometimes think, oh, man, I hope I'm not really sick. And you get so intensely or someone you love is is ill or or there's an accident or something. And if we can only have the positive emotion of being okay and being well or getting over a sickness or avoiding an accident, if that was just as intense and long-lasting as the worry we have when something, when there is a crisis, you know, right? That yeah. appreciation, that not taking things for granted. Maybe that's the bottom line. 
we take so many things for granted. And then when you almost lose them or you think you might lose them, suddenly you have this wave of intense appreciation and joy for those things. Right. And we're, what are we looking for in life is just joy and peace. But that does bring things to a crux. For sure. It really does. So think about the word joy with us for a minute in that context. And also think about it in terms of the word itself. We want to, and, and we're going to talk about joy school again, this, this wonderful thing that's been such a big part of our lives for so long and how it originated and how as school starts again this year, public schools, joy school is also starting for hundreds of thousands of families who have decided they want to teach their preschoolers these various capacities for joy. And we'll get into that more in the second well, half of the show. there's a backstory that's kind of fun. So we'll, we'll tell that story. We'll share that with you. But also there's a scripture that we just love about joy that we want to talk about a little bit. And, and it's a very interesting wording because it says men are that they might have joy. We want to talk about what does that mean, might. They might have joy. What does and, that mean? And I have to say men and women. Of course, that's what they meant. Right, yeah. right. So, so hang on, and we're going to have a fun second half. We'll be right back. And we're glad we're not burned up, and we'll take a little break, and we'll talk again about this wonderful word called joy. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back on Ayers on the Road. We're talking about a kind of a eclectic mix of things with the theme being joy. We're just really joyful that we still have our home. And we're really happy that Joy School is about to start again. And Linda, I think you ought to, there may be a bunch of listeners who are like, Joy School, what is that? We got to tell you real quickly and then make maybe make this a little personal. Well, <clears throat> we're, we've talked about this before, so we're not going to go into great detail. But it was interesting how all this happened. When we were first a, a family, we, we'd been in Boston at school and then we moved to Washington, D.C. And Richard was a political consultant. And... Uh, it really was a, a fun time. We had our first little baby there. And, well, we actually had our first baby in Boston, but the second baby arrived in Washington, D.C. And when we got home from the hospital, there was a flyer on our door that said, get your child in our preschool right now. Meaning I your mean, infant who just so, got born. Yeah, this infant. I mean, they have records of our somebody got it. Somebody got into the hospital records and was sending out these flyers for an, a very academic preschool so that people would actually get them when they arrived at home with their infant from the hospital. Get this child on the waiting list for our preschool. And, and this is a, a beautiful school, and it's, your child will be reading by the time. I mean, and we'll do some math and so on. And it made it sound like, you know, your child is never going to get to Harvard if you don't, <laughs> if you don't get this child in our preschool right now. The wait list this is long. This two-day-old baby. Yeah, the wait list is long. Anyway, um, that just started us thinking, like, wait a minute. We'd already had this one little child who was 17 months old, and we were having so much fun with her. 
She was such a joy. She was writing all over the walls, <laughs> which was not which was not good. In fact, we had uh, we finally dedicated a whole wall that she could write on. Then we started inviting other people to write on <laughs> on it uh, with their favorite quotes and all that. I'd forgotten about that, but. Honestly, she was so adorable. She was in the fridge every single day making some kind of pie out of eggs, and then she'd go out and get a little dirt and mix it in. Uh, she was so fun. And then we thought, well, you know, we don't really, I'm not really worried about our child being ahead of the other kids academically. We want this child to enjoy her childhood. We really want her to love life. It really was an era when early academics was being pushed so hard. And we were just like, do we really want to start school with a two-year-old? Do we really want to start putting pressure on a child to learn academic things when they're this young? Or is there something deeper? And it kind of, it was an interesting few months for us, a process of what is the real thing I mean, we'd read all the literature, right, about how, you know, they're going to absorb 50% of what they learn in their whole lifetime in these first three years. And, and the question was, what, what do you want to teach a little preschooler? What is the most important thing? Is it really academic head start and getting them ahead of everyone else? What is it really? And long story short, we, we started, you know, partially based on this scripture that we believe in, that the ultimate purpose of life, the ultimate purpose of mortality is joy. How do we, maybe joy, maybe we should tr be focused on teaching these little children an increased capacity for all the joys of life. Yeah. And it, I mean, that just kind of settled in on us and, um, we, it, it came an interesting time because your mother was a widow, had been a widow for a long, my mom, long my time. Mom, bless my mom. Uh, she I, died when Rick's dad was, I mean, he died when she was 38 and he was 39 uh, with colon cancer. And so by then, you know, she struggled, raised all of her kids on her own. Bless her dear heart. Grandma Ruthie, Ruth Iyer. Anyway, she'd been working as coordinator for the pink ladies at the hospital. I mean, she'd gone on from job to job trying to support the family, giving kids uh, four ounces of orange juice every morning. <laughs> and you've never <laughs> gotten we no could bread. Afford. Now he drinks gallons of orange juice to this day, and so do all of his <laughs> brothers. It's so funny. But anyway, um, she really was struggling to just keep her family together. And we decided... Well, she was an early childhood education major. Her degree was in early childhood education, we thought. But you're... Where, could I just pause for a minute because you're a little ahead of the story. That that urge... The, the first thing that happened, correct me if I'm wrong, but we wrote a book called Teaching Your Children Joy. We didn't have any any concept of joy school at that time. We had just decided that joy oh, that's true. was yeah. the key thing to try to teach to children. And we just we we actually with some other couples we started thinking, can we subdivide joy? Are there certain kinds of joy that very small children can learn and can experience? The joy of honesty, the joy of self-reliance, the joy of courage. Just these different joys that we wanted to see if they could be packaged, see if they could be put in a curriculum, see if they could be put in terms of a list of methods that would teach 
these joys, and we quickly came to realize that some of the joys, we, we didn't want to teach to children. We wanted to learn them from children. The joy of spontaneous delight, the joy of interest and curiosity. We didn't need, no child had to be, what we had to be careful of was to preserve those joys in them, not to take it out of them by silly adult phrases like grow up or, you know, don't do silly things. We, we needed to preserve the childhood to let them feel those natural joys and then to add to it other kinds of joys like the joy of a setting a simple goal, the joy of being self-reliant, the joy of being honest and the joy of being kind and so on. And it evolved into this book called Teaching Your Children Joy. And, and then that leads to but just going the story on what of my mom. Saying, um, we decided it could actually be divided into physical joys, mental joys, emotional joys, social joys. It really is, it was just fun. All of a sudden, the more we started thinking about it, the more we thought, we, you know, we could really, we could do this. We could write a book about this. So, <clears throat> like the physical joys, the joy of a spontaneous delight, and mental joys preserving the joy of interest and curiosity. Emotional joys, preserving the joy of trust and confidence to try new things. Social joys, preserving the joy of realness, honesty, and candor. And you think, well, wait, 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 wait. You can't teach a three-year-old that. <laughs> but, but the but, more we got into it and started thinking of little games or little stories or little songs or little role plays. that kid, and, and here's the fascinating thing that we came to realize that when... When you do that, when you teach a child, when you put a child in a position where he experiences a certain kind of joy, that, that joy is both the goal and the method because, the, because you make the child aware of what he's feeling at that moment and then he wants to repeat whatever behavior brought that good feeling. And so we got quite fascinated with it. It was a huge, uh, time. It was a huge turning point for us because it was the first parenting book we'd ever written and it launched a whole different career for us. But what it also did, getting back to your story, honey, uh, you know, here was my mom who was this brilliant uh, early childhood education thinker who had never been able to use her education. And before we went on our mission presidency to London, we were lucky enough to be able to find a building and buy it and set it up with with Ruth Iyer, my mom, as the head of something that we now call Joy School. And she took this book of ours with these 12 joys and these, these methods and rounded it out into this full-fledged curriculum well, called Joy School. She was made to do this kind of thing, but we also have to say that people came out of the woodwork saying, they would help. Yeah. So I will do some, I will do the art. I will help with stories. I will do the music. Wendy Murdoch. Wendy Murdoch did the music fabulous, for these incredible fabulous. songs. Andrea Bergen did, did, the did the artwork for this. And, and so many people contributed. Looking back, it was like a miracle how Joy School it was It truly born. came from heaven. We really don't yeah. take credit for this. It just settled in on us. This is what we should do. And and we didn't know. Just showed up. We didn't know if other parents would find that interesting. But it was just, it turned out there was a, quite a buildup of, 
of pushing back and resisting this early pushy academics for little kids. Right. And joy school for so many became an alternative. Well, I'm not so interested in IQ when they're two years old or three years old. I'm more interested in JQ. What is their joy quotient? And it just caught on. It just it suddenly had a life of its own. Well, but you're making it sound really easy. No, because it, it was, was not. Easy. The beginning was when we hard, were talking about. It, we have some sons who are entrepreneurs and they're starting a new business and they're really in the depths of it right now. And <clears throat> we remembered yeah, when they true. were doing that, that sitting upstairs in your mother's house, cold calling people, saying, "Do you have a three year old? <laughs> would you Would you yeah. like to have your three year old have some joy?" We're going to try this experiment. And we we called and called and called. And finally, we found a little group of children that are parents that had children that they wanted to try it with this uh, in this little school. We actually bought a house. And did you just say that? Yeah. Uh, and we thought, and we set it up. And it was, so it was this first joy school, this physical building, joy school. And my mother is the head teacher. And it just it did take off. And we went off on our mission to London. And three years later, when we came back, she had this, this thing was going. It was a going concern. And then, of course, the next phase was that we thought, well, you know, moms can teach this stuff. It doesn't have to be a school where you send your children. It can be a school where the parents, moms and dads rotate as the teacher and the curriculum's there. It's built. The songs are there. The stories are there. The, Role plays are there. All the methods are there. And then Joy School, really, that's when it took off because it's throughout the world, there have been now, we estimate, somewhere between 250,000 and maybe as high as 500,000 families that have done this Joy School with their little preschoolers. Just in home. So you find your best friends. You organize a little group of four to six mothers. You rotate the lesson. The lessons are there for you. You do have to, and originally there were manuals. Oh, my gosh. We had to mail out manuals and tapes, oh little goodness. tapes for, with the music on it. It was crazy for a while. And now it's amazing. It's now evolved. This How many years ago has that been? Oh, when 40 years. It's been probably 40 years. But anyway, now everything's online. Everything is so accessible. You just go go to online. Our son is actually running the website. We're so grateful. He's a school teacher, a fabulous school teacher, but he uh, is gifted at the computer. So he's running the website. And if you're interested, go to valuesparenting.com. We'll actually make it simpler. Go to Joy Schools with an S. Joyschools.com. And this whole story of how Joy School happened you know, I almost feel guilty taking any credit for Joy oh, School. Oh, I have always Because said, it just came. Um, it just happened. It just rolled out. And, you know, I, I did just do a radio show with a podcast with a wonderful oh, yeah, woman called that. Camille Brooks. Yeah. And uh, she has a podcast called Finding Joy and Peace. And she works so hard at finding people who have found joy and peace in their lives. And we had... Uh, probably 45 minutes together and it was so delightful she's yeah listen really i just listened to it the other day i wasn't here when you were doing it it's beautiful so if you have time just on your podcast library go to it's called finding, finding joy, joy and, and peace. peace and we can put the url on the uh, on our podcast or on our instagram but it it will pop up if you do that so right and and you know take a look at joy school now you may say well i don't have any preschoolers well Think about the idea of 
telling people you know who do have preschoolers there is an alternative to expensive commercial preschoolers that focus mainly on academics. And the alternative is called Joy School. Right. Joy Schools with an S dot com. Well, we are so grateful that you um, are joining us today and, and we we hope that you find some joy in your lives. We certainly feel more joy this week because our house didn't burn down. But think of a really great reason <laughs> that you are filled with joy because that is why we're here. So we send you off with that and hope that you'll join us again next time on Iris on the Rock. Bye-bye.